blessed thoughts. I'm grateful that it is possible for the Lord to lead us. Uh, God doesn't force us. He doesn't drive us. But um, when we seek Him and we trust Him and we obey Him, He will indeed guide us. And uh, just like the, the wise man reminded us in Proverbs chapter 3 and 5 and 6, we trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. And boy, that's something right there we have to guard against is leaning on our own understanding. Because uh, we, we can't trust our feelings and our emotions and, and things are not always as they appear. Uh, and, so, and a lot of times God what God's ways uh, won't make sense to us. His ways are so much higher and greater. Uh, so we don't lean on our own understanding but in all our ways acknowledge Him. And then we have the promise from God's Word that He will guide us and He will make our ways straight. And I'm thankful for that. He leads us. And uh, there's no better one more qualified than God Almighty Himself who created us and made us for Himself to guide us and to lead us. So lead on, O King Eternal. I pray that we would uh, desire that God would lead us and that God uh, would have His way in our hearts and lives. And when that's the case, 
then uh, then we'll be able to have joy, and uh, and we'll be able to know that uh, that God is faithful, and uh, and God will guide us, and and He'll lead us, and give us His peace that passes all understanding. So I pray that you know that we can say tonight that God's leading us. Who is it that's leading us? You know, I pray that every one of us can say that it's God, not the rudiments of the world. We're not marching to the the rudiments of the world and the way the world says we ought to be not influenced by the world but influenced by the Holy Spirit and guided by the Word of God and through prayer and time with God a personal relationship that we have God will indeed lead us he'll show us the way and I'm grateful that we can trust him every time so my heart's been blessed and encouraged already um, just by being reminded that God himself will lead us and, um, and David's being a good husband there Helping his wife out, bringing a, a cup of cold water in the name of Jesus. And so uh, uh, that, that's great. And so um, uh, tonight I just want to welcome you. And I'm so glad that, man, the daylight is still, it's going to be daylight uh, when we finish tonight. Unless I preach for two hours, uh, we may have to do that. Um, I'm, I'm just kidding. But uh, I'm grateful that you're here tonight. And I just want to remind you about our uh, couple steak dinner coming up on Saturday. Uh, we'll start at 6.30. And I hope you'll attend and invite friends. And um and, and join us and, and just enjoy a great evening together for husbands and wives and looking forward to Jeremy uh, Merck coming and being with us. Um, uh, Jeremy is west of us and then in a few weeks east of us is, uh, is Zach Shaw over at Jones Avenue and, and so um, uh, he's going to be preaching our spring revival and, um, and so I'm excited about that. I hope you'll be in prayer. Make sure to add your spring revival April the 10th through the 13th uh, to your uh, prayer list and also to your calendar and I hope that we'll be in prayer seeking God that we will be hungry for the Lord for what God has for us and that God will do a wonderful thing and revive our souls that's what we need and uh, we'll fall in love with the Lord afresh and anew so let's remember our spring revival coming up also be in prayer about the Annie Armstrong Easter offering as well and again I remind you there's a guide out at the, uh, the center table out there in the vestibule uh, that's a prayer guide if you want to pray for uh, various uh, North American missionaries and um, so I do uh, want to remind you about that but um, I'm grateful you're here tonight and uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer as as we begin and ask for God's help tonight and uh, David if you would brother would you lead us in prayer tonight Amen. If you would, let's stand together and let's fellowship together. Encourage someone tonight. So good to see you tonight.
Well, I'm so thankful for uh, what we just sang about, um, the sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And then Miss Chrissy just uh, just played about he, the, that song, He Is Here, and, uh, and, and he, he Will Touch Us and He Will Move. And, and, and that's what God desires to do is move in and out of our hearts and lives and, and speak to us. And, and uh, that He would lead us like we just sang about a few moments ago. And, 
And when that happens, we're truly blessed. And so I pray that that would be the case tonight, that, that we would receive what God has for us. And, and uh, as the Holy Spirit moves in our, in our hearts and lives, that we would respond by faith and, and just say yes to him and apply God's word. Not just be hearers only, but be doers of the word tonight. And um, tonight we're going to be talking about focus. You know, where does our focus need to be? And so we're going to seek to answer the question of how can I stay true to Christ? You know, don't lose sight of what really matters. You know, some, you know that saying, we, we can't see the forest for the trees. You know, that's kind of what we're uh, talking about here tonight as we think about staying true to Christ and uh, not losing sight of what really matters. Uh, you, you know, maybe you're familiar with the circus. Uh, maybe you've been to some circuses. I, I remember uh, not too long ago um, when uh, Ringling Brothers uh, was, was in Greenville. You know, they would come to Greenville and... Um, and I remember uh, we would take we took the kids uh, one time when they had unloaded the train there in Greenville, and they they would uh, march those elephants, you know, to uh, the Greenville uh, for that circus, and it was just an impressive sight, you know, to see those massive animals and and and, and how they were leading and, and guiding them uh, toward the circus. But if you've ever been, you've probably seen an animal trainer walking into the cage with several lines. How many of y'all like to do that? Anybody, any, any volunteers to walk into a cage with lines? Well, they typically have three tools with them as they approach the lines. They have a, a pistol, a whip, and a stool that has four legs. So imagine me holding up a stool with the legs facing you, and, and it's got uh, four legs. Many people may not know why they have a stool in their hands. It's like, what good is a stool? Are you just going to sit down there in the presence of those lions? Or, or are you going to use the, the stool to hit the lion? What, what good does the stool, it doesn't seem like it has much advantage to having a stool. Um, but um, it's an obscure thing to be holding in front of the lion. Brainers use a stool because they will tell you that as they point the stool with the four legs facing the lion, the lion sees it and tries to focus on all three or all the all four legs at once and it kind of leaves the lion in a temporary paralysis like state so i'm going to take a stool when i get home and hold up my cat and see what happens <laughs> um, the lion becomes tame and, and and weak and disabled because its focus is just scattered it, it, it's just got all these legs and and they try to focus on them and it, and it just it kind of leaves it like in a paralysis state uh, I've never tried that. As a matter of fact, if a trainer gave me a stool and said, go in there and try it, I'll, I'll just have to take their word for it because I'm not, I'm not going to do that. But that's what they say. Uh, the, the focus is scattered of this massive beast, this massive animals. And sometimes we're like the lion, and we try to focus on all the wrong things and end up kind of paralyzed and not really effective in our relationship with Christ. You know, we're just so scattered. We got so much going, and I'm not necessarily talking about bad things, but it could be good things. Matter of fact, what we're going to be looking at here in Colossians chapter two is is legalism, and 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 how the believers were still wanting to hold, you know, to the law and and focus on things that, you know, that that they did before Christ, and and so that's not necessarily bad things, but uh, their focus was scattered. Their focus was off. And so here's what I want to say uh, as we begin tonight. Um, the Old Testament, the old laws, the Jewish laws, and the festivals, and, and all that they observed, they were good, but Jesus is best. And so when, when all I have is religion, and all I have is observing certain things, and focusing on, on calendars and events and, and things like that, uh, then my focus is off. My focus totally... Uh, needs to be on Christ because it really is true that salvation is by faith alone through God's grace alone in Christ alone he's it there's there's no other option we can't earn it we can't be good enough and there's nothing in this world uh, that can provide salvation. there's no way that there's there's no way possible that we could ever do enough you know to try to earn salvation it's totally and completely in Christ so I want to begin tonight by by, by just encouraging us and challenging us tonight to make sure that we're staying true to Christ by making Christ the very center of our lives, by focusing on Christ. Remember, He's not only the author of our faith, 
But the Bible tells us that he's also what? The finisher of our faith. And he's with us all the way, every step of the way. The question is, are we with him? Have we allowed our focus, you know, to, to, to be scattered? And we've got so many things that we're focusing on that we're kind of like a lion that's, that's kind of in a, in a paralysis-like uh, state because we're so scattered. So I want us to think about this tonight here in Colossians chapter 2. And, um, and we'll be starting in verse 16. And I want us to see two truths tonight about how we are to stay focused. And um, in verses 16 through 19, I want us to see that we should not let anything sidetrack us. All right, don't let anything cause you to stray and, uh, and get off the main line, so to speak. You know, I mean, maybe we're, you know, we're trusting in the Lord with all our hearts and we're not leaning on our own understanding. We're acknowledging God, you know, and, and with everything and that He is, is guiding us and making our path straight. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, look at that over there. And, and it just, it maybe is not necessarily a bad thing. It could be a good thing. It could be a religious thing. It could be family. Blessings from God. But we begin to let that be our focus. And, and so we begin to get sidetracked. And we're not too far gone just yet, but we just continue to stray and begin to, to focus on something. It might be family. It might be popularity. It might be relationships or all those things in between. It might be finances. It might be health. And, and so we begin to just kind of get sidetracked. And, and so we're, we're all of a sudden, we're, we're not uh, where we need to be. What we need to do is, is again, uh, get back to trusting God with all our hearts and leaning not on our own understanding so that He will guide us and that He will lead us and keep our paths straight. Uh, so I want us to think about this tonight. Don't let anything or anybody sidetrack you. I mean, you think about this. So I think, uh, you know, we would all agree that, that family's a blessing from God. Our kids are a blessing from God. But we really cheat our kids when we make it all about them. And they are our focus. And we're sidetracked over here, all fascinated and focused on our kids. And, and, and we really cheat them when we do that. Because why? Because... Our focus is on them. And I guess the bigger question is, why is our focus not on the Lord? Because wouldn't we agree tonight that if I am focused on the Lord Jesus like I ought to be, looking to Him as the author and finisher of my faith, that I will be the best parent in the world I can be to my son or daughter. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be uh, who I ought to be because my focus is right. And it seems honorable to make it all about our kids. But uh, they, they are immensely short-cheated when we only focus on them and make it all about them. Wouldn't we agree tonight that, that our focus needs to be on the Lord Jesus? Let's not get sidetracked. You know, what about, um, what about it, husbands and wives? Uh, are we not at our best when we are focused on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith? You know, and, and there's so many things that can sidetrack us and bring us away from the main line, you know, where God wants to lead us. We need to stay right here, but we can get sidetracked. And so, what, I want, what we're going to read tonight perhaps are things that, that it's not an issue with us. But it was for the people that Paul was writing to, the church at Colossae. And I want us to think about this. Time. What is it that's, that could possibly sidetrack us? When I think of sidetrack, it's amazing how we always go to food, isn't it? I think of the sidetrack cafe. Y'all ever remember that? To me, that was like uh, our version of, of the apple barn, you know? Just just a, a a house that you go in and they had, you know, renovated into a, a into a restaurant and man they had some good fried chicken and all the sides were great and desserts and everything and uh, just just great you know good southern food I mean we we love it and I I think about sidetrack now now I'm getting sidetracked right now right thinking about thinking about sidetrack cafe uh, I, I, it's not there anymore uh, but it's obvious why that cafe had that name because it was on the side. It was beside the tracks. It was a sidetrack. Well, we can get sidetracked by things in our lives when our focus is off. And I want us to think about this tonight. Look with me in verses uh, 16 through 19 here of Colossians chapter 2. And these were the things that were the struggle for the believers that Paul was writing to. Uh, so let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath 
which are a shadow, notice that, a shadow of things to come. But the substance is of what? Christ. So those things that were mentioned are a, are a shadow of the things to come, but the real deal, the body of Christ, is, the substance is of Christ. Paul makes clear in verse 16. Uh, or, or verse 16 and 17. Verse 18, Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his uh, freshly mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight, Lord, for your word. And I pray, Lord, that we'll see the truth, God, in your word. God, speak to us. And I pray that, Lord, before we leave tonight, we can say that our focus is where it is. We're, we're not scattered, but our focus is on you, where it should be. And it's possible, Lord, to be focused on things that's not necessarily bad, even religious things. But, Lord, our focus needs to be all about you, needs to be on you, talking to you, praying to you sharing our fears and our everything with you and walking with you and reading your word and adding your word to our life and trusting you and asking you questions and asking you to speak to us and oh Lord it all ought to be about you and many times Lord it's not we can be so scattered so help us tonight Lord Jesus I pray that you'll speak and that we'll respond in your name amen well Paul listed some things that could sidetrack the believers he was writing to you know what you eat Obviously, we think about the dietary laws. And, and you remember for Peter, that was a big deal. I mean, he had that vision of, of, of this sheet coming down from, from heaven. And, and basically, the Lord was, was telling him to eat what was, you know, what was called unclean. And, and so, you know, God was calling Peter to go, you know, to the Gentiles now. And Peter's like, oh, no, my Lord. I've never, I would never, and I have never. Those that are unclean. And God says, don't call, you know, something unclean that I have called clean. And, and so, you know, we think about that. Now, I think about it when I, when I see this about the dietary laws. And, and so what you eat and what you drink and the religious festivals and, and the Sabbath days. And these, these were the things that were causing the believers to be sidetracked. And as we read uh, these things that sidetracked them in Paul's day, we need to keep in mind that because God has completely reconciled us to himself through Christ. In other words... By faith in Jesus, when we trusted Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are completely reconciled. The believers that Paul was writing to, by faith in Jesus, they were completely made right with God through Christ. And we are free from condemnation, uh, from practicing customs required for God's covenant people in the past. I mean, it's, it, Jesus fulfilled all of that. And He's our hope. And He's the one that we look to. It's not obeying and doing a bunch of do's and don'ts and, and following calendars and observances and all that that makes us right with God. You and I are made right with God completely through the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Colossian believers were apparently pressured by some in the church to observe these Jewish dietary laws and also the holy days. Notice Paul's word that he used. Shadow. You see that in verse 16? Or I'm sorry, verse 17, which are a shadow. All those festivals and dietary laws and, and uh, uh, Sabbath observances and all of that. Notice that it's a shadow of things to come. But the substance, the real deal, is Christ. I mean, we, we contrast that, the, the, the incomplete nature of these former obligations with the fullness brought about by Christ. And so... I think it's very clear here um, that there were some that were getting sidetracked from that. They had trusted Christ. They were, they were a part of the church by faith in Jesus. But we have to think of the radical change that took place when Jesus came and when Jesus died and when, praise God, He arose again. And then on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit did what the Holy Spirit did not do in the past to other believers, those that... that were believers in Christ the Holy Spirit took up residence in the hearts of believers and so you and I today as believers in Christ we have something that that uh, that Moses and and that David and and that the Old Testament Saints 
they didn't have they did not have the indwelling Holy Spirit take up residence in their hearts to stay now David we know uh, David prayed Lord cast cast not your presence from me because he had sinned against you know Bathsheba we don't have to pray that because if we are saved and we've we've settled it and we've repented and we've trusted Christ as our Lord and Savior the Holy Spirit of God took up residence in our hearts and so the Holy Spirit of God is is there and um, that's all because of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and and so these Colossian believers you know they all that they knew was observing these laws and uh, these observances that's what their dads did and that's what their grandparents did and that's all they knew and so it just surely surely it's it's not enough to have faith in Christ there's got to be because our forefathers did it and it was such a radical change but Paul is making it clear here that those things were just a shadow the substance of Christ or, the, or it's the body of Christ and that that contrasts the incomplete nature of these former obligations with the fullness brought about by Christ I'm telling you we are completely saved indeed I mean I had a former pastor that would say it like this when you trusted Christ you got all the salvation you're gonna get <laughs> it's not observing things and now I understand there's sanctification that that's the process whereby we grow spiritually we, we grow we trust the Lord and and he changes us from the inside out now, now I understand that um, but we are completely made right with God not by our works but by the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ now God instituted the dietary laws in holy days that was a means to foreshadow the coming reconciliation in the Messiah the old covenant was good it pointed to Christ and now the new covenant through Christ is better that's, that's, that's really you know a major theme in the the book of Hebrews Jesus is better faith in Jesus and that's the only way that we can be made right with God in order to stay focused on Christ we have to identify the blurred spiritual sight that we can you know, that we can have that can cause us to get spiritually sidetracked you know now you might be here tonight and you might say well pastor Mark you know uh, the these ordinances um, these festivals uh, the, the new moon and, and, and Sabbath and what we eat, the dietary laws. Listen, that has I have never gotten sidetracked by that. Well, that might be true, but the principle in this passage of Scripture is there probably and there are things that can sidetrack us tonight. And that's what I want us to think. There's some obvious distractions. Maybe popularity's one of them. That just means everything. I, I, I want to be well-liked and I want my image and what people think of me and you know, I just a popularity and 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 good social life, or, or or maybe maybe it's selfishness. You know, we are so fascinated with self and getting it our way and having it our way, and and uh, and it just that that's what our focus is on. We just we we just got to work and, and strive to get what we want, and, and and maybe maybe control, and and it all boils down to selfishness. Maybe uh, maybe it's material things, maybe it's money. I mean, it can, be a, it can be a lot of things that can sidetrack us. What is it tonight that has blurred our spiritual vision? Maybe it's, maybe it's social. Maybe it's, maybe it's financial. It could be health. Now, I'm not telling you all those things are wrong. But they sure can sidetrack us. So I want us to think about that tonight. What are some things? Like the things that sidetrack the people in Paul's day. What I'm trying to say is, what are some things that we're focusing on in place of focusing on Christ? You know, just think about it. What is it that, that is constantly on our mind? I, I encourage us tonight, just like we sang this morning, we are so blessed. Man, just think about how good God is. Think about the blessings of God and, 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 our, and our thought life. What is it that we think on and dwell on all the time what has our what has our thoughts and what has you know what what has our time that we're constantly dwelling on what, what is it tonight I pray that we'll take that and we'll turn it to Christ you know and, and it, it could be several things that could cause us to be sidetracked but I want us to think about um, 
you know, our, our time with the Lord. Devotion, prayer, reading the Word, uh, e even church attendance. You know, we, we need each other. It's great to have live stream. And I'm grateful for those of you that are watching right now. Praise the Lord. And, and perhaps there are those of you that can't be here tonight. And we, we understand that. But we need each other. I mean, we, we, we need to. It's, don't get comfortable uh, watching the live stream. It's great to watch it if you can't be here. But we need each other. We need fellowship. We need to encourage each other. I was thinking about uh, our Sunday school this morning, our Follow Jesus groups, and just heard some great conversations going on. And, and I could hear Steve's class, and I don't know if y'all can hear me or not, but, uh, but I enjoy, and I can hear Miss Helen and her class, and y'all in there talking about Daniel right now, and, and, and Steve's in, in, uh, in First Thessalonians, and, and, uh, and, and my class, and, uh, and, and uh, Donna's class. I mean, we're in, in uh, the Gospel of John, and man, you got all this going on and we're talking about spiritual food and believers are gathering together and growing together and praying together that's what we need but we don't just need to do it while we're here what do we what about Monday through Saturday you know what 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 does our time what does our thoughts reveal you know and I just encourage us tonight listen it's possible Let's say I, I read the Bible through 10 times. Praise the Lord. That's great. Read the Bible through. But if it's just an exercise to say you did it, and we're, and we're not really meditating and asking God to speak, we don't have time for that. I just want to check it off my list. This is what Paul's talking about. You can observe all the Sabbaths and, and festivals. You can do all that all you want to. But the substance of Christ. Why do we do what we do? If it's not Christ, we're getting sidetracked. Why do we come to church? Is it to be seen? Well, why do we come to church? Do we come to hear from God and to worship God? Is Christ the center? You know, why do we do what we do each and every day? And notice what Paul says in verse 18. If we can't say that Christ is the very center of everything that we do, what's happening is we're allowing ourselves to be cheated. We're settling for, for less than the best. I mean, my goodness, I think, about, uh, I think about how I want to provide for my family. And, and I remember when Matt played, um, when he played baseball. You know, I wanted to get him good equipment. I wanted him to be equipped with the best. And, and um, you know, Megan's playing volleyball now. And, and um, you know, we, we want her to have good shoes and, and, um, and have, make sure she's got plenty of knee pads and all the things that go along with, you know, with, with I want them to, to have the best, you know. Uh, and, and, and so as, as we think about settling for something less, then we're actually cheating ourselves. Now I know I just, I just gave an illustration about sports, but you know, that's very trivial. Uh, what, what about it in our homes? Do we have a time, do we have prayer time and devotion time? Because the reality is that's the most powerful thing that we can do in our homes. And if we're not, if we're, if we're doing it just to do it, then it's boring, isn't it? There's no life in it. But if we're doing it because we want to hear from God and we love the Lord Jesus and we, we want to grow in Christ and be close to God, that's what it's all about. Why do we volunteer with the kids or with the students at church? It needs to be because of Christ. Why do we sing in the choir? Why do we, you know, why do we teach Sunday school? Why do we do what we do? I pray that the answer to that question is for the glory of God through Jesus Christ as an act of worship and if that's not the case man we're being we're being cheated notice this uh, in verse 18 let no one cheat you of your reward how does that happen taking delight in false humility and worship of angels there were some fascinated with angels kind of like in our day you know we just seem to think that when we die we just turn into angels and we think that that's just so heavenly and so great that's not what the Bible says Angels have not been saved by the grace of God. Angels rebelled against God, and God pushed them out and said, no hope. A third of them were free to go, and they did. There's no salvation, and there's no grace and mercy for them. They'll be cast in the lake of fire one day. But man, created in God's image, rebelled, and God himself came and died in our place. And we can sing amazing grace. How sweet the sound. The angels don't know about that grace. 
but here were these probably I guess being super spiritual and uh, they, they were talking about experiences and 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 uh, and taking delight in even the worship of angels and I think I think that you know that they're cheating themselves because the true real worship comes when we worship Christ and we honor Christ and we live our life each and every day as an act of worship I lay this aside because it doesn't honor God and I don't do it as a as an exercise you know like religion observing something because I have to I do it because of Christ he's worthy and I want to I want to honor him that's why he, he needs to be the very center of what I do but notice here they were cheating themselves the false humility appearing one way but it's false humility uh, intruding into those things which he has not seen vainly puffed up by his uh, fleshly mind and not holding fast now notice in verse 19 the body of Christ not holding fast to the head who's the head notice verse 19 the head is capitalized who are we talking about there who's the head not the pastor and it's not the deacons it, it, it's, not, it's not those that, that founded the church although all that's great and all, there's a place for all of that leadership all of that's important but the head is the Lord Jesus Christ he's the head from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. Who's the head? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. As the head of us, Jesus deserves to be our focus. And when He is our focus then, and only then, will we grow. And if something else is our focus, we're cheating ourselves. Don't, don't sell yourself short. Don't settle for less than the best. Let's make it about Christ. Oh man, when it's about Jesus, it makes all the difference in the world. And it's honorable to have prayer time and read the Bible through and all, all that. But we do that for Christ, for His sake, for, for, his, for His glory and for our good. He's why we do what we do. So are we sidetracked tonight? Are we living our life each and every day and we're just focused on family and we're just focused on job and we're just focused on community and, and all the things. It may not be the dietary laws and the issues that the early believers had that Paul is addressing here. But in principle, we're cheating ourselves like they because Christ is not the head as he should be. And Christ is not the center. He needs to be our focus. So don't allow yourself to be sidetracked. But also, notice with me in, uh, in verses 20 through 23... Don't live by the world's standards. If you want an empty life, then you just be who the world says you ought to be. Let the world dictate and determine and influence you. You'll be empty indeed. But you know where satisfaction comes? By honoring Christ and by loving the Lord and letting Him influence us and, and trusting and obeying Him. Look at verse 20 through 23 tonight. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why as though uh, living in the world do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using, according to the commandments and doctrines of men. Verse 23. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. Now, I, want to, I want us to notice here in verse 20. Notice what Paul says. If you died with Christ from the basic principles of this world. You, you see what Paul did there? We trust in Christ. We died with Christ. And so the things of the world really ought to be dead to us anymore basic principles of the world we, we died why though living in the world do you subject yourselves to regulations in other words they were living by the world's standards and not by a relationship with Christ Paul quoted some of the purity and dietary laws imposed by the, by the false teachers who were judging and disqualifying believers these 
dietary regulations were just mere physical and temporal because once food is consumed, it's, it's destroyed. Although false teachers believed that their obligations promoted spirituality, Paul identified these regulations as human commands and doctrines. You know, kind of like I think about the Pharisees. Man, one thing about the Gospel of John, Jesus had to have a lot of conversations with those Pharisees, didn't he? You know, they, uh, they, had, they would take like the Sabbath. And we know that one of the, uh, the law says, you know, to keep the Sabbath day holy. And, and so what did they do? They began to add all kind of their, their laws and regulations just to make sure that nobody, you know, would, uh, would, would, would not be guilty of keeping the Sabbath day holy. Don't work. You know, and so they would begin to, to, uh, to add laws to that so that you'd be sure not to work. Well, I think about that here. These false teachers, and, um, and, and Paul just identified them, as, these regulations, as, as human commands and doctrines. In other words, they're not from God. Paul makes it clear that as believers in Christ, we are not to live any longer by the world's standards. I'm telling you, there's a chain in our life. When we're made right with God, we're reconciled with God through Christ. There's a change that takes place. And so the world has a different rudiment that we march to. But all of a sudden, it, we just, it's, it doesn't interest us anymore. Why? Because I, I want to walk according to the ways of God. I want to honor Christ. And Paul, Paul makes it clear, you died with Christ. From you died from what the basic principles of the world you you died to that 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 was your past and you know the Bible tells us many times as as believers there's some things that we need to take off you know those things that maybe perhaps things of the world that doesn't honor God things of the flesh you know things that that rob us that cheat us from being where we need to be with Christ and and um, and so we're to lay it aside or we're to put to death certain things maybe you know one of the uh, popular struggles in our in our day is is look out for number one i got ain't nobody else gonna do it i gotta think about me me and mine you know well faith in jesus a lot of people think is for the weak sometimes you have to lie to be dishonest you know these are all kind of you know thoughts that is popular today that, that people have it just it feels good do it just, just go, man, just follow your heart. I mean, if, 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 it, if it's what you want and it feels, just go after it. That, that'll make you happy. The reality is living a life like that will make you miserable. When we invited Christ in our lives, we died to the world and its practices. Worldliness is living by the world's rules and what the world says, including those that have a show of humility. You know, Paul dealt with that. They, they appear to be humble, but it's false. And even those that have, say they have an angelic source, man, be careful about those that only want to talk about their dreams and visions that they had. Certainly we know God certainly can use that. But I just, I, I tell you what, I just, I just believe that we've got all the revelation from God we need right here. And, um, you know, I'm... I'm I put a red flag up when somebody says, you know, I had a dream the other night. Okay, good. Um, is there any scripture that you're going to share with me? <laughs> because if you did, and it's from God, it'll line up right here with the truth of, of God's word. Spirituality is living by the power of the Spirit. We talked about how the Holy Spirit indwells us, and we live according to that Spirit. God, God leads us, and God empowers us and fills us. Notice again in, uh, in verse 20. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why as though living in the world do you subject yourselves to regulation? Paul says those are things of the world. Why do you subject yourself to it? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which are all concerned things which perish with the using, according to the commandments and doctrines of men. Why? Are you so fascinated with the ways of the world, living by the world's standard? And so I want us to, you know, think about this tonight. Is it the things of the world that influence us? 
or is or is it God's word? Is it the Holy Spirit that influences us? I, I just wonder tonight. The show of wisdom. Look at verse twenty-one. Do not touch. Do not taste. Uh, which all concerned things which perish. Can we say that the things of God, the Word of God, that that's what is influencing us? Because this is everlasting. You know, I can, I can be who the world says I ought to be, but the world's perishing. The world's corrupting and fading away. We know one day it's all going to burn up. Is that all we have? Is the ways of the world? I mean, are, are we just influenced by the world? Or can we say, you know, that I'm not who I once was because of the Holy Spirit of God, because of my relationship with Christ. As I focus on Christ, He's changing me. And maybe I view things different. I have a different perspective now. I have some patience and love. and I have some joy that I didn't once have. I have some self-control. All of this is... It is, it's not because I checked something off a list or did something out of obligation, but it's because of my relationship with Christ. The ways of the world should no longer interest us. And we can get sidetracked. We still have that old sin nature. And we'll get sidetracked and the ways of the world will start calling and we're not careful. We're going, we'll, start, we'll start getting sidetracked. But what about our focus? You can't get sidetracked if your focus is on Christ your relationship with the Lord and um, I, I think about the uh, the Pharisees and and how they they were very religious and and I'm reminded in uh, in Luke chapter 18 and uh, verses 10 through 14 I want to read this to you I want you to think about this these uh, these Pharisees two men went up to the temple. You know, Jesus is describing this. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like the other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. Pointed out the the tax collector. I fast twice a week. (laughs) I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful, me a sinner. I tell you, Jesus says, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Well, wait a minute. This Pharisee, I mean, he talked about how he was not unjust or an adulterer or even cheating people like a tax collector would do. And, and he, he said that he, he fasted twice a week. My goodness. How much more godly can you get? Fasting twice a week. And he gave tithes of all that he possessed. Surely this man who had all this religion, surely this man is the one that ought to be justified. Well, the one that was justified was the one that realized that he was lost. He wasn't relying and depending on what he did. He just knew. You know, he's right. I'm guilty of those things. I'm I'm the tax collector that's cheating others. Maybe he was an adulterer, I, I don't know. But Jesus said that the tax collector that couldn't even lift his high, his head, he beat himself. And he begged for God's mercy. I didn't hear the Pharisee begging for God's mercy. Why? Because he didn't think he needed it. I'm telling you, our church pews today are full of people. They're trusting in their church attendance. They're trusting in their tithing. They're trusting in religious things. I'm not saying those things shouldn't go along with being a Christian. Don't, Don't misunderstand me. But if that's all you got, you got nothing. It starts with Jesus. It starts with realizing, oh God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. That's where it begins. And it never should become about 
a bunch of regulations and rules. Yeah, we ought to come to church. My goodness, I'm a pastor. I, I want everybody in church, man. But I'm telling you, that's not going to get you to heaven. We ought to read the Bible. We ought to pray. I mean, my goodness, this Pharisee Jesus talked about, he claimed to fast twice a week. When's the last time we fasted? A lot of times that's the spiritual discipline that's, that's left out. But if we do all these things and the focus is on doing those things as a work to be right with God, we're just walking along with the rudiments of this world. But if we do it for the glory of Christ, I mean, notice verse 23. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom. But notice this. In self-imposed religion, false humility, neglect of the body, but notice this, all of it, you would think there'd be some value here. Come on, uh, so, some uh, humility, this false humility, uh, neglect to the body and, and uh, appearance of wisdom and, and all the regulations and things that people were following. But the conclusion is they're of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. You know, you know what the only value is? The substance that was mentioned, the Lord Jesus Christ. Otherwise... We're just living by the world's standards. What would you say are the most important standards that you live by? I pray that each of us here tonight realize that the most important standard to live by, not the world, not being what the world says we ought to be, not even being what I think we ought to be, but being who God says we ought to be. God's standard. And it all begins with Jesus. And guess what? When we believe and trust in Christ, that's a beginning. It's not, I'm glad that's over with. I'll just go on my way. I got fire insurance. Not that way at all. We're talking about surrendering completely to Christ because he's worthy. He's our Lord and Savior. And my goodness, Paul reminded us here back in verse 20 that we died with Christ from the basic principles of the world. Why would we continue to live according to the world, the way the world says we ought to be? You know, the world says, you've got to have this and you've got to have that. And we go running after it. The world says, you've got you, you to be this way. And we're so influenced by the world. But can we say, because of a close walk with the Lord Jesus, we don't have religion, we've got a relationship. And it's all about Him. What areas in our life do, do we still allow the world's standards to dictate how we live as a Christian? Boy, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. I'm somebody. I'm strong. And what I have to say, man, I'm going to say it because it's important. That's what, that's what social media is all about, isn't it? Everybody's got something to say. And they think that what they say has value. And it's very important. It's, it's my thought, how I feel. You know, and then God's word has, has little to no value. We put how we feel and think on the same level, if not above, God's word. And so I wonder tonight, are we being influenced by the world? Or are we being influenced by a relationship, a personal relationship with Christ? Because he's the real deal. You know, Paul made that clear. He's the substance. Everything else just a shadow but we are totally made right with God not by what we do and not by especially being what the world says we ought to be but by surrendering and trusting Christ and then looking to Christ and staying focused on Christ, worshiping Christ and making sure our whole life that he's the center of all that we do and man that's the way to live right there you talk about satisfaction there ain't nothing in this world that can satisfy like knowing the Lord Jesus and serving and worshiping Him. So I, I, as we close tonight, have, have you allowed things of this world to sidetrack you from staying focused on what really matters? But what about us tonight? Maybe the Lord might be leading us to get our focus back where we need to be. And again, it's not necessarily bad things, but our minds are, are just focused on other things 
And you'll be at peace when you look to Christ. Nothing else can do what Christ can. Are we more influenced by the world's standards or the Lord's standards? Which one is more important to us? And you say, well, how do I know? Well, which one influences you? You know, I mean, are, are we honoring Christ or are we allowing the world's standards to influence us? Sometimes we just need a little help to remind us of what's important and what's not. So let's encourage each other to keep focused on what really matters. You say, well, what really matters? Jesus. I mean, when we focus on, I tell married couples when I, I meet with them for premarital counseling, we don't go down a long list of, okay, let's talk about priorities. What, what should be number one? Well, of course, we'll say God. But then all of a sudden, we begin to list some other things. God, family, I guess church. We just go down the line. You know what? Two through whatever doesn't matter if you got one right. It ought to be about Christ. He's the substance. He's the real deal. That's where our focus needs to be. So let's make sure that's, that's true in our hearts and lives tonight. Let's not get sidetracked. Let's make sure tonight that we're staying true to Christ. It's, it's great. And listen, if I have a relationship with Christ, I'm going to have works. But I don't have those works to earn salvation, and I don't have those works to keep salvation. I have those works because I am saved and because I'm living for Jesus, and I'm focused on, on Christ. You know, James talks about faith and works got faith well you ought to have works too but it's a healthy balance you know the works come because we are saved but we can get sidetracked if we're not careful we focus on the works we can't see the forest for the trees so to speak well let's make sure our focus is on the author and finisher of our faith heavenly father we come before you tonight and lord we we read here in colossians chapter 2 about your people and and how uh, some were, were trying to impose uh, religious activity along with relationship with Christ. And Lord, the, the reality is that we are made right with you and justified with you totally through Christ. And so everything we do should be driven by our relationship with you. God, I pray that if some of us might be sidetracked tonight, God, that we'd come back. And it's very simple. You ought to be the center. You ought to be the most important. You ought to be number one in our life. And you're what it's all about. And when that's the case, then it's going to affect everything else. So help us, Lord, to simplify it tonight. Maybe our, our thoughts and our imaginations have been on other things. We just need to have a talk with Jesus. We just need to love you and get back to you and that sidetrack Lord it needs to go right back to the center may we do that tonight Lord Jesus help us Lord I pray that we'll love you and all that we do would be for your glory not influenced by the ways of the world but totally by you and your word through the Holy Spirit out of love for the Lord Jesus help us dear God we ask in Jesus name Amen would you come tonight I encourage you to come as God is speaking, let's respond. Let's say yes to him. Now, would you stand as Donna leads us? Let's respond tonight.
Thank you so much for being here tonight, and thank you, Donna, for leading us. And uh, that, that is a, a, a wonderful uh, reminder in song tonight. And um, I pray that, you know, as we live out this week, uh, I pray that we'll start tomorrow on the on the right foot, the right step, and, and that is focusing on Christ and and uh, maybe spending time with the Lord. And uh, just let's make sure that all that we do is for His glory, not for our glory, and certainly not following the ways of the world, but. Being who God wants us to be. That's the best that we can be, is all that God wants us to be for His glory. And I pray that would be the case for each and every one of us. Thank you again. Still daylight outside. Um, Dan, okay. Dan Satterfield? Okay, sorry to hear that. Pray for Dan before we uh, before we leave tonight. All right, any other requests tonight before we, before we go? Carol, okay, we were talking about her earlier. I'm sorry to hear that. She at home? Okay. All right, we'll check on her this week. Carol Hathcock, I know she's missed. Uh, I knew today, and I uh, I think last Sunday as well. So I want to remember her as we pray tonight as well. Any others tonight? All right, thank you for being here, and, and God bless, and I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you'll be able to gather with us on Wednesday night, and um, and then, of course, Saturday. Remember our couple steak dinner. going to be a great time together. Uh, start at 6.30, so uh, looking forward to that. I pray that you have a, a wonderful uh, rest of the week. And uh, Steve Arnett, brother, if you would, would you close us in prayer tonight?